Hello, this is Will Hardy with Man Talk Radio. We are all about breaking down the walls of race and denomination. Your Chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few minutes. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening to the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. We go driving in your black car Pick me up and Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. The strongest survived the human race. Only love will last along the way. Tell your children, black is beautiful. To be alive is a whole lot of privilege. Education is the key to rule the world. You don't need to be white to be a pretty girl. Tell your children, black is beautiful. How we not go back? Fun a privilege Knowledge is a ruler of the world You don't need to be white to be a pretty girl Your black hair is a big threat Never seen nothing like this yet Black is beautiful today on the Christian Car Guy Show. <laughs> yes. Black is beautiful. Ask any car guy you happen to see. Really, what's the most beautiful car color? If you ask anybody I know in the car business there, my guess is nine out of ten times they will either say black or they will say red. Because black, if you think about it, is a very elegant yet mysterious oh, yeah. and dangerous color. So you heard that black car song by, <laughs> they were, it's amazing how many black car songs there are out there. So that one, the first one was by Leon Els, and the second one was by Miriam Bryant. And then a beautiful song, The Black is Beautiful by Chenille Muir. And today's show, since you know we're talking black is beautiful, and I imagine you kind of, if you know me and you know I love the Song of Solomon, chances are you can kind of guess where I'm going. But anyway, <laughs> today's show, as always, is brought to you by Hebrew Letter, which today, I know you're not shocked, are you, <laughs> Scott, to find out that it is brought to you by the Hebrew Letter Resh, which the Hebrew Letter Resh um, is, is the word that begins the, the word spirit, like rach. You've heard that. You've heard that word. Yeah. And it has to do with the beginning of something like the head of a river. Hmm. And so, interestingly, I think this is fascinating, and I think you're going to like this. The last letter in the Hebrew word black is a resh. You know why? No, tell us. Because black in the Bible has to do with the beginning of the morning. Ah, didn't so it know is that. the head of the morning. In other words, like. Before you get light, you, you, it's it's black. Yeah, that's right. And, and, if, and it's really a cool concept, and we're going to get all into that, as you might imagine. And you can tell we've got Scott with us. He's our volunteer with the Jesus Labor of Love. And, you know, the whole idea of the Jesus Labor of Love in its own way is black is beautiful. In other words, when people have struggles, right? Yeah. And a lot of people want to hide stuff, but if they don't hide stuff and they get it out in the light and they tell us where we can help them, then we have these opportunities 
that are unbelievable, aren't they, Scott? I mean, I know that Absolutely. you just revel in the opportunities that we have to help single moms, widows, families in crisis with their car struggles, and we've had a whole flock, haven't we, in the last couple we of weeks? We sure have. It's been a busy two weeks. I've never seen it, honestly. I can never remember us. In other words, I've, I've seen us get more applications at Christmas and that kind of thing, but I never remember a time when we were able to help so many so rapidly, right? Oh, yeah. And, and that's the good news is we've been able to help so many so rapidly. The the the, the interesting, we're, we're waiting on God's provision because it's draining us <laughs> quickly. And so part of the reason I'm so glad that Scott is with us here today is we want to highlight the need that we need to be praying that God will provide for the Jesus labor love and for all these that are really in a crisis. You know, the gas thing, the food thing, all these things are putting unbelievable strain on these families, especially poor single moms that are Absolutely. working two or three jobs already trying to keep it together. And now, oh my goodness, a bread a loaf of bread's four bucks. Yeah. You know, what in the world? So moving along, at the end of the show today, I'm very excited. My I, I can tell you we're gonna have a We've had a Christian Car Guy Theater episode, you know, usually in every month for years. But of all the episodes I have ever done, I got to tell you, this may be my all-time favorite. It is so, the acting in this is spectacular. And because the episode itself is spectacular, we've been doing a Plymouth's Progress, who you might know, is right. done to a Pilgrim's Progress. And this particular episode, I've actually been waiting for it for a long time because our crew of, you know, Plymouth Valiant... And, and Plymouth Faithful are now coming into Vanity Fair, and the shenanigans are going to be starting, I can tell you. Yeah. <laughs> and Very our, clever. Uh, uh, yeah, so Vanity Fair, as they drive in, uh, we're going to get to hear that at the end of the show today. And so I know you're going to want to stay tuned for that. So as I mentioned, right, black is an absolutely beautiful car color. Now, I will tell you that it's hard, I love to, it. hard to keep clean. Yep. And, it's hard to buff. <laughs> and oh my goodness, is it hot in the summertime. If you've ever had a black car, you find a shade somewhere, but you don't want a tree that's going to drop sap on it. <laughs> it's an interesting challenge if you have a black car. But man, they are so beautiful and so elegant. And I don't know if you ever thought about it, but black is also the color of mourning. And by that, I mean M-O-U-R, mourning. Like when you're sad about something. It tends to be related with the color black. And it is also the color of the morning, as we talked about the last letter being the letter Raish. And so it's interesting to me that the bride in the Song of Solomon in the very first chapter, very early on, she cries out. And she cries out to the daughters of Jerusalem, not just to anybody. But by the way, the daughters of Jerusalem, if you ever wondered in the Song of Solomon, who who's that? Well, that's the church, Right that we are all the bride Absolutely. of Christ and we are all the daughters of Jerusalem. So she cries out, I am black but comely, which means beautiful. I am black but comely. O ye daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Kedar, as the curtains of Solomon, look not upon me because I am black, because the sun looked upon me. My, brother, my mother's children were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I have not kept. Well, she was black because she was keeping her brother's vineyard, right? And if you think about that, that's under the sun. And Solomon taught a lot about under the sun. Are you familiar? <laughs> if you think about it, you come out of the book of Ecclesiastes and everything was under the sun, and you come into the Song of Solomon, and one of the first things she talks about is being under the sun. 
Well, there's That's this right. whole idea of the house of the rising sun from Beth Shemesh in, in 1 Samuel. But just to get to kind of the real easy way to understand this, is she was seeking, you know, Satan had tempted her, that's the mother's brother, to seek her own glory under the sun. So when you go working for your own agenda, whatever that may be, and not God's agenda, you get tan. <laughs> you get black. And so you don't shine with Jesus' light. I mean, that that's actually happens. So the question is, she's black. What makes her beautiful? And, you know, my, my wife asked me this week as the children, um, the poor, poor children in Texas that oh, were shot that in terrible. that. terrible. She said, why did these shooters always go after the children? And I said, because Satan hates that innocent, beautiful child. He hates them. I mean, mm. with a hate that we really have no understanding of. And so when he gets into somebody's mind, and the way his poor tortured soul was obviously listening to Satan would be the only reason he would go into an elementary school. That's right. And so that's that's what's going on. But if you've ever looked at a child, right, and here's mm -hmm. the picture of this beautiful, sweet child, and they spill their milk, and then their eyes well up with tears, and they are so sorry for the thing that they did by yep. mistake. And you look at that, and don't tell me that isn't beautiful. Oh, yeah. Right, they're they're black. They're they're in mourning because they spilled their milk, but their eyes are welled up with tears. And if you can picture that child's face, mm -hmm. you get the picture of black is beautiful. Or drop their goldfish or something. Right, right, right. And so when you can call that out to the daughters of Jerusalem, well, then you really got something. So my question is, when you know when you're when you're calling out to the daughters of Jerusalem. You're black as the tents of Kedar, okay? But once Jesus, once you, he gets you under his tent, then you get the curtains of Solomon, which see the contrast there is blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted, right? But you go from these Bedouin black tents that are all the poorest of the poor to the richest of the rich in the kingdom of Solomon's curtains. That's the contrast that Solomon's painting there for you. Mm. And, and so when did you have that happen when you were a kid? And you didn't, and you mm. got away with it. That's my <laughs> question. So I, I have this story. When I was about 13, <laughs> I wanted to play basketball. And for whatever reason, nobody was home but me, and the car was parked underneath the basketball hoop. And so I thought, well, I just need to pull it in the garage. And my father had shown me how to drive. You know, I'd driven with him in the car a few times or whatever, and the keys were hanging right where I knew they would be, Scott. Oh, wow. And... You can tell. <laughs> this story gets good here in a minute. <laughs> so, I am black but beautiful today on the Christian Car Guy Show. What's your story of when you were black? Oh, and let's see how if we can get you to beautiful. 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. The strongest survive the human race. Only love will last along the way. Tell your children black is beautiful. To be alive is a whole lot of privilege. Education is the key to rule the world. You don't need to be white to be a pretty girl. Tell your children black is beautiful. How we not go back for no privilege? Knowledge is the ruler of the world. Black is beautiful today on the Christian Car Guy Show. And the question is, you know, 
when did you cry out to the daughters of Jerusalem, right, that you were black but beautiful? And it's an interesting concept. It's an amazing contrast as you go through those chapters, um, I mean, as you go through those verses in the beginning of the Song of Solomon, and, and he's painting a picture of actually what happened as he's telling the love story of, of, of him and Israel, but he's also telling your love story <clears throat> as, as we uh, head into sin and serve the sun, so to speak, then we get tanned. And how does that work? So when we left our hero, I had <clears throat> decided that I was going to pull the car into the garage. And it was a, if you can remember, this was about 1968 and they mm. used to have a big, huge station wagon that had wood grain down the oh, side. Oh, I've seen those. And this was an Electra station wagon. Oh, wow. So Buick. this thing was, you know, longer. <laughs> it, probably, <laughs> it was huge, unbelievably huge. A and so ship. I thought, easy enough, I'm going to pull it in the garage. Well, I put it in to the, it was a two-car garage, and I put it in the right side of the garage. And I apparently got a little too close to the right side and didn't realize it because as I pulled in, it ripped the, the wood grain right off the right side of the car. <laughs> and kind of bent oh, the no. little channel for the garage door. And and I was like, oh, no, you know, like a little kid would. And, I, and so I, I, I kind of fixed the channel to the garage and I pulled the car in the garage, you know, so that because the right side of the car you would never see because it was up against the wall. And I didn't say a word. It was my mother's car. My father had oh, a different car. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and about, oh, maybe Wednesday of that week, you know, just a couple days later, my mother comes home from the store, and she is madder than a hornet, and she's like, you're just not going to believe what somebody did in the parking lot to my oh. car. <laughs> and I honestly, Scott, I hate to tell you this, but I stayed black. And I never got beautiful. I, I, I never, I never told. And I, I thought, oh my gosh, I, you know. And I held that story, and I held that oh, story, wow. and I kept on wondering, when are you going to tell them that? And I never did. <laughs> I never did until I got to about my thirties or my forties. <laughs> and you know what I know? What's what's horrible about it is that I carried all that all those years, and honestly. Neither of my parents even remembered the incident when I finally came clean. Ain't that some statute of limitations? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, similarly, I'm sure in your own life, you know, you, you have these situations. And I would love to hear, you know, when you were a little kid, maybe you got caught doing it, maybe you didn't, 866. You know, because that's the picture of this innocent child that does something, you know, just boneheaded. But, man, if they if they ask for forgiveness and even if they get in trouble or whatever, it gets out in the open, it gets cleaned up, and things get better, right? Right. Instead of it staying in the dark, right, and staying in mourning, you got to bring it out to the daughter of Jerusalem. 866-348-7884-866-34-TRUE. So... Scott, tell us tell us a story of something. Oh, man. Yeah, I was in the second grade, and I had this wonderful, wonderful teacher, and her name was 
Mrs. Thacker. She was so cool. And you remember your second grade? Student? I do. I Mrs. remember Thacker. them all. First okay. grade, Miss Feather. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. And my mom even substituted for Miss Thacker a time or two. She was tough, too. But, um, yeah, we got to take home this little mouse, this little white mouse, Mr. Snowy or Whitey or something. And um, it was my turn to take him home. You got to take the cage home and everything for the weekend and feed him and play with him. Had a little wheel. Well, the next morning, Saturday morning, he wasn't moving. And um, I told my mom, and she said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll take care of it. We'll go to Woolworths. <laughs> I was like, but they'll know. They'll know. She's like, no. No, we'll get one. And so we did. So we went to Woolworths. Mice at Woolworths? Oh, yeah. They had an animal section at all the little drugstores. This was up in Ohio. This was a long time ago. Anyway, we got another one, and he was actually a little trimmer. Mr. Snowy, too. Yeah. So um, she said, I said, should I tell Miss Stacker? Should I tell the kids? She said, no, it'll be okay. So we never did. Brought it Monday, and um, and the kids were all amazed. They said, he's faster. <laughs> He's quicker. Or you really you you tightened him up there. Yeah. And um of course Miss Stacker, she just winked at me. I'm pretty sure she knew. She smiled and winked and she saw that I was a little a little scared and a little nervous, but she she made me feel better. So I don't think the kids ever caught on. So That's yeah. Mr. Snowy too. Yeah. So I know you got a story. Eight six six three four eight. Seven eight eight four. It would have just felt so much better to get it out. You know what I'm saying? When stuff stays hidden in the yeah. dark, you know it's just it's 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 just a difficult thing. So when you look at these verses, uh, I think it's really helpful to note the contrast. As she says, you know, she was black from keeping her her um, brother's vineyard, and then it says. If you if you follow on further on down, it says in the, in the story that um, tell me, O thou who my soul lovest, where thou feedest thou flocks to rest at noon, or why should I be as one who turneth aside by the flocks of my companions? Well, if you study that verse, you might guess I have a lot. There's a cover involved in that, where it says turn aside, well, that actually is a cover, and it was a veil of kind of thing that they would put over their mouth to say unclean, unclean. And so what she's saying is, why should I hide? Why should I be a poser around mm. other posers? Right. You, you, you get the idea? It's yeah. like, I'm hiding my sin. Like, why should I be? She realizes that in order to get clean... You need Jesus, and she, so she's saying, "Why do why do I have to be a veiled?" In fact, if you look in a, a lot of translation, it says, "Why do I need to be a veiled person by the flocks of your companions?" I don't know if you ever thought about the veil of a bride. We'll get into all that when we come back, and then don't forget we got Christian Car Guy Theater. But most of all, we got stories. I'm very excited because somebody's calling in. I see the line lit up. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com.
The strongest survive the human race Only love will last along the way Tell your children black is beautiful To be alive is a whole lot of privilege Education is the key to rule the world You don't need to be white to be a pretty girl Tell your children black is beautiful How we not go back for no privilege Knowledge is the ruler of the world You don't need to be white to Black be is beautiful today on the Christian Car Guy Show And oh, I'm excited because we have, <laughs> along those lines, talk about a great story. We have Sarah Linda with us in Washington this morning. Uh, Sarah, I haven't yeah, heard from yeah. you in a, in a while, so I'm really glad well, to, to hear from you. How are you? Just fine. Uh, well, anyway, go through a few things. Uh, my my uh, 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 Model T Ford is getting pretty rickety, but uh, <laughs> the rest of me is fine. <laughs> and it's black, I would imagine, right? Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> because indeed I have been long time because I've I've worked at the orchards at, from in harvest time and boy does my skin get pretty dark. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but this is a story I mean, as you went on, I realized I started uh, a poem but I wasn't able to finish it now and I also have to find your address again. But anyway, uh I I just it uh, black is beautiful. Black endures. That was when I started about that. But then also came a story when you went on about when things turn around a little bit and you're out of here. You uh, you a problem is discovered. Right, <laughs> and right. And, and I I remember you know I came to the Lord when I was just six and a half, but and the, he was my best friend forever. My BFF was the Lord. <laughs> I didn't see him, but he was there all the that time. That is so awesome. Well, <laughs> and then, you know, uh, I mean, the, the, uh, when I went to another school where there wasn't such difficulties, because after I received the Lord, you know, I was able to move ahead with, with joy in spite of the, the difficult school where the kids were kind of mean. <laughs> right. I went to another district for a while because, uh, and uh, it was so wonderful to have friends. And my, the sun was, you know, the, I was just really full of joy. And uh, I wanted to make better friends, you know, reward the kids who were so wonderful. And I, I took some money from my mom's purse to buy some candy. Uh-oh. <laughs> I was about nine years old, and <laughs> and oh oh, I got that got discovered. But you know what? When I I mean, the Lord sent my my sister was a Christian, and she was sixteen, and uh, a cousin came to visit. Who, but my sister didn't uh, was not well. Anyway, she was a little bossy, but. <laughs> Six years <laughs> older than I, you know. But right. anyway, <laughs> but then her our cousin came to visit, who was also sixteen, and she had a deep walk with the Lord, and 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 she helped me turn around, and I'll, I'll never forget, you know, how God will step in and turn you around <laughs> when you 
Yeah, well, God, and, well, I think it went, goes, when you go astray, the Lord shows the way through someone. <laughs> Amen. I got a, I got a rhyme it in any way. <laughs> yeah, po- songs and poetry, that's the way I, I think. So when the Lord comes in, he turns things back to where we did begin. The Lord, the Lord sends the dawn again. Oh, amen. <laughs> amen. He does. He does. And so I love he the does. verse, the next verse, you know, we've been talking about these verses, you know, six, seven, eight in the, in the, um, this is the miracle verse in my, since it's the eighth verse in the chapter, uh-huh. it, it would tell you that that's the miracle verse. And so here okay. he gives her the under, the understanding. That's beautiful. It's like, where do I go from here? Right, she's yelled out that I'm black and beautiful, and you know why do I need to be a poser by the you know the other posers? And he says, if you don't know, fairest of women, you know here's the fairest of them all right there. I'm just telling you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Long before it ever happened to Snow White, it says, go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock and feed thy kids besides the shepherd's tents. Okay, and the the interesting, beautiful thing about that, if you read Hebrew is that word tense is not the same thing as the tense of Kadar. This is actually a tabernacle, all right? Oh, and interestingly, uh-huh. he, he doesn't say, but, I, you know, as you told your story, Sirlin, I thought about it. The shepherds, it isn't one word. It's the shepherds. In other words, there's lots of them out there if we pay attention because we can tell by their footsteps Right? Or if they're in the flock, because the, the sheep leave behind them. And you may have read this in the uh, Shepherd's Guide to the 23rd Psalm. It says that sheep that are pastured well leave behind them a green pasture because of the way they chew the grass and the way they, they fertilize it. That when you look behind the, the sheep that have been pastured well, they leave this beautiful green trail. Hmm. And so when you follow oh. those tracks of like your, your cousin, right? who was giving you this beautiful green trail for you to begin to graze on the Lord, right, in the shepherd's tabernacle. Hmm. It's an absolutely beautiful picture of of how it works. So I loved loved your story. You you couldn't have played better in the (laughs) water. Thank you, Sarah Linda. Appreciate it, Sarah. Yeah. So glad you called in today. Thanks for thanks for always being oh. such a supporter of us. And my address, okay, so those of you may okay. wonder, for the Jesus Labor Love or, you know, Christian Car Guy, whatever, the address for Truth Broadcasting is 4405 Providence. 4405. Like it's, it's Providence that you are listening to the Christian Car Guy today. <laughs> it's Providence. Sweet D is in Dalid. <laughs> it's D is in oh, David or Dalid, right? Sweet D yeah. is in um, Winston Salem, North Carolina, two seven one zero six two seven one zero six. Thank you again, Sarah Linda. Yeah, you got it. God bless. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Thank you for calling. Always. Oh well, I've got more. Oh, I wrote all over this page. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> bye bye. So, you know, we got to get a minute in here for the Jesus Labor Love. I know, uh, Scott, that um, uh, can you just share with our listeners maybe a need that that you was touched that that, that of something that happened the last couple of weeks. Well, 
Yeah, we've we've had a, um, a pretty trying time. Um, sometimes, a lot of times, I, I speak with people that are actually living in hotels and motels, and and sometimes they're even living in their cars. And so we we really try to focus on just the car needs, but these people have other needs as well. And it's really, really difficult um, without using any names. Um, there's some, been a couple people on our hearts lately, and they have other needs. And I can't go into too many specifics, but um, if you can find it in your heartstrings, purse strings to, to help donate, it would be wonderful. Um, yeah, lately, we're getting a lot of inertia from the Triangle area. Yeah, and some, unfortunately, some of these folks' cars are literally broke down and they're living in them. Absolutely. And so if you know somebody that's got a car to donate, especially in North Carolina, but I also know there's somebody in Arizona I got a request today, um, actually from last week, for somebody in Arizona. So if you know somebody somewhere that's got a car that, you know, they didn't want to trade in or didn't want to sell, you know, whatever the situation is, we can use it. And, yeah. and and even though it may not seem like all that great a car to you, for somebody who doesn't have a car that even runs and they're living in their car, like, oh, my goodness. I mean, and, and, and it's interesting to me, as hard as times are right now, the, the person that you're talking about that is living in their car, she has a job. She is working. Yeah, absolutely. But she doesn't have a car that runs. And she's having to, you know, find a bathroom to take a, you know, wash, mm, brush your teeth yeah. and stuff every day. It's just hard, man. Yeah. And, and so, you know, as God um, gives us an opportunity to both pray, and if he puts it on your heart to give, you can go to the com. And, of course, yeah. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that all that stuff's at christiancarguy.com, the Jesus Labor Love and if you like what I'm talking about in the Song of Solomon, I'm doing a podcast every day on that. And, and you can just, you know, subscribe to there right there at ChristianCarGuy.com. Yes, Scott. Yes, I'd like to give a shout out to a, a lady that was kind enough to make a small donation this week. She said we could use her first name. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Gwendolyn. And um, I hope that your health is improving and you're doing better. And God bless you. And uh Susan out in Washington that wanted to call in this morning, but she had to work. Um, God bless you as well, and all the people that have been contributing this week. Um, and the thank prayers, thank you so much. Like, like the prayers are what's the. I mean, it's huge, absolutely huge. I thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you for listening. Now you got this awesome, awesome, awesome episode coming up. <laughs> I got to tell you of the Plymouth Progress. They're going in the Vanity Fair, and the acting is spectacular spectacular stay tuned you got so much more coming up you're listening to the truth network and truthnetwork.com for Christian Car Guy Theater with today's episode A Plymouth Progress Episode 28 Now Plymouth Valiant and Fury Faithful continued their discussion with Edsel Evangelist hoping to somehow avoid driving through Vanity Fair 
He told them they were almost out of the wilderness that they had been in, and the next town in their journey was Vanity Fair. Etzel Evangelist told them that all that is bought and sold at the Vanity Fair is vain and worthless. Evangelist warned them that one or both of them would be killed, but to be faithful to the end and true to the King of Kings, who would give each of them a crown. Etzel Evangelist continued, When you drive into Vanity Fair, you will see thieves and thefts, murders, adulteries, those who swear falsely, and these false witnesses cause death with their lives. Please, sir, could you tell us what streets we may avoid to escape any and all of that? There is no escaping. You must go through this town and this vanity fair on your way to the Celestial City. Let me describe what you will see. As in all other fairs of less importance, you will find several rows and streets where certain wares are sold. The rows stand for countries and kingdoms where the wares of this fair can be found. For instance, there is a Briton row, the French row, the Italian row, the Spanish row, the German row, where various sorts of vanities are to be sold. But, as in other fairs, there is one particular commodity which is in great demand. The wear of Rome and her merchandise is greatly promoted in this fair. Only a few nations, including England, have taken a dislike to the goods of Rome. Dear Edsel, tell us how we might find our way through to the Celestial City. Now, as I said, the way to the Celestial City lies just through this town where this lusty fair is kept. Pilgrims must drive through this town in order to get to the Celestial City. There is no escaping this route unless you go out of this world. Even the Prince of Princes, the King of Kings himself, during his time on Earth, went through this town to his own country. It was Beelzebub, the chief lord of this fair, who invited the Prince to buy of Beelzebub's vanities. Yea, Beelzebub offered to make the Prince lord of the fair, if only the Prince would have shown Beelzebub reverence as he went through the town. Yea, because the Prince was such a person of honor, Beelzebub took him from street to street and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a little time, that he might, if possible, allure the Blessed One to cheapen himself and buy some of these lusty vanities. But the Prince had no interest in the merchandise, and therefore left the town without spending so much as one penny on anything there. This fair, therefore, is an ancient thing, of long standing, and a very great fair. And these pilgrims, as I said, must needs drive through this fair. So faithful and valiant drove in. But behold, even as they drove into the fair, they created a commotion because all the sedans in the fair and in the town itself were in a hubbub about them for several reasons. First, 
The Plymouths were clothed with such kind of fenders and hoods as different from the auto parts of any that traded in the fair. The sedans, therefore, of the fair made a great gazing upon them. Some said they were fools. Some said they were lunatics. And some said they were outlandish sedans. Secondly, as they wondered at their sheet metal, so they also wondered about their speech. For few could understand what the pilgrim sedan said because valiant and faithful naturally spoke the language of the promised kingdom rather than the language of the world, which was the common language of the fair. But they that kept the fair were the sedans of this world, worldly. So from one end of the fair to the other, valiant and faithful seemed like barbarians to the others. Thirdly, the thing that most annoyed and puzzled the merchants was that these pilgrims put no value on the fair's goods. They did not even enjoy looking at them. And when the merchants called out to them to buy this or that, these pilgrims would put their fingers in their ears and cry, Turn away my eyes from beholding vanity. Then the two would look upwards, signifying that their trade and traffic was in heaven. One merchant, observing the strange conduct of the pilgrims, said, What will you two buy? We buy the truth. This caused great offense, and the merchants began to despise the Plymouths even more. What would a couple of Plymouths know of truth? Yeah, fancy pants, goody full tires. Why didn't you go back to where you came from? Get two major doors ding. That'll teach you some. Yeah, somebody grab a rock and send it through their back glass. <laughs> Things came to a hubbub and a great stir in the fair, insomuch that all order was disrupted. The confusion was so great that the word was sent to the great one of the fair, who quickly came down and dispatched a few of his most trusted friends to detain and question the two Plymouths about whom the fair was almost overturned. So the Plymouths were brought in to be examined. So, uh, so look, hey, uh, where exactly are you two from, and, um, and where are you headed, and furthermore, where did you get that strange sheet metal? Why, we are Plymouths, and strangers in the world, and we are driving to our own country, which is the heavenly Jerusalem. We have done nothing to the sedans or the merchants of the town that should have caused us to be so mistreated and detained from making progress on our journey. The only thing we did that caused an offense was to tell those who were trying to sell us their wares that we only buy the truth. <laughs> the truth! <laughs> yeah, for sure, yeah, the truth. You two are clearly uh, mad, something wrong in the head. You understand what I'm saying? Now, it appears that you came to start trouble, and trouble you're going to get. Take them and beat them and besmear them with dirt and then put them in the cage garage that they be a spectacle to all the sedans of the fair. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in soon for another exciting adventure in the Plymouth's progress. Now, here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode. Uh-huh, Randy. The other day, my bathroom vanity arrived. I'm told that I need to let that sink in. <laughs> yeah, Danny. <laughs> you know, Danny, here's one. <laughs> what is a drink of supermodels? <laughs> Banner tea. Oh, boy. See, Danny, it could be hot or cold tea. It doesn't matter. Oh, boy. But, but, but seriously, Daddy, 
Isn't it amazing how quickly things can go from bad to worse when you simply don't play the game the world demands that you play? Oh boy, I mean, try telling your sales manager at work you can't lie like that to your customers. <laughs> or, or, or sharing with your extended family, perhaps, that, that you avoid movies like that and, and watch how quickly they turn on you with teeth bared. <laughs> like Jesus said, watch out, for there will be those who will arrest you and take you to court, and they will whip you in the synagogues. Oh boy, you know, it seems a bit strange, but persecution is part of the blessing. <laughs> oh boy, okay, here's one. <laughs> okay, if two vegans fight, is it still considered a beef? <laughs> yeah, Daddy. Uh, all right, Daddy. Well, that's our episode. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. And, you know, lately, with everything going on lately, I, I haven't been working so much, and I've been bored so much that I, I decided to take up fencing. Now, my neighbor said he's calling the police unless I put it back. <laughs> See, Daddy? <laughs> I took up fencing. Oh, boy. Say goodbye, Daddy. <laughs> See you later, Radiator. You're listening to the Truth Network. TruthNetwork.com. This is the Truth Network.